as we consider this morning the message of Easter, I'd like just to take one verse from the chapter that was read. Verse 18 of John chapter 20. John 20, verse 18, where we're told that Mary Magdalene, one of the disciples, came and told the other disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Here is a woman with good news to declare on Easter Sunday morning. And I feel a bit like her. Uh, that on this Easter Sunday morning, uh, we have got good news about Jesus Christ. Now, you can be very grateful that um, we're not in Moldova this morning celebrating Easter, because what they do there is have the service at about four or five o'clock in the morning, uh, at the break of day. And that's when uh, Mary and the other women uh, went first to the tomb. And as we had in the reading, they found that the great stone had been rolled away and uh, that there was no body there. And they ran back uh, to the disciples and Peter and John, uh, the two leaders of the disciples, uh, they ran then uh, to the tomb to see for themselves and they saw the grave clothes, but no body. And they go back and Mary stays behind. And I think that's why she meets Jesus. Jesus loves to meet those who linger. Are you that kind of person? You so want to meet the risen Savior. You're, you're willing, as it were, to go the extra mile. And when Mary is staying there, she meets these angels who say to her, don't cry. And then she meets Jesus himself. And she thinks at first it's the gardener. But once he utters one word, Mary, her name, she knows it's him. We know, don't we, when he speaks. And he says to her, go and tell my brothers that I am risen. And she has this good news in her heart. And I can't imagine her walking back to tell the disciples. Can you? I can imagine her running as fast as she can and bursting forth with this wonderful news, he is risen. Now, I've just got three things to say about this good news uh, that Mary had to tell the disciples, and I am most privileged. There's no other job like that of a Christian minister on Easter Sunday. I'm most privileged to be able to tell you this good news. And my first point, it, it's a bit obvious in today's world, but I need to say it's this good news is good because it's not fake news. Aren't you fed up with fake news now? Uh, I get most of my news these days on my smartphone. So I am with it in some things. <laughs> and you just don't know what to believe anymore when you read things on the web. It's fake news. And I know there are people, and maybe you here this morning, you're thinking... This message about Jesus Christ being risen, it's just fake news. It's the church that has made it up. Well, can I tell you this? There is fake news. There is fake news here. But it wasn't made up by the disciples. It was made up by the Jewish religious authorities. 
And in the other Gospels, we're told, when they heard that there was no body there, they made up the story. And this has to be fantastic, like a lot of fake news, that the disciples... Now, who were the disciples? They were a bunch of ordinary people. They didn't have contacts with the Roman soldiers and with the big wigs of society, but this is the story they made up, that the disciples went early that morning and they were able to overcome Roman soldiers. And then having overcome Roman soldiers, they were able to roll away a huge stone and then they were able to carry somebody's body through the streets of Jerusalem without being noticed. Now, that was the fake news story. It's interesting, isn't it, that the angels who said to Mary and the other women, don't weep, he is risen, they didn't say to them, uh, this is the argument for the empty tomb. <laughs> I know we've been helped by books about the empty tomb, but they didn't use apologetics. Do you know what they said to them? He is risen as he told you he would. Do you know what they're doing? They're drawing the attention of these women disciples to what God has promised in his word. And this is all I want to say on my first point. This good news is good because it's not fake news, it's true. How do I know it's true? I don't need to give you arguments about the empty tomb. All I need to say is, is this, it's true because God says it's true. God can be trusted, my friends. Do you know what the Bible calls God? The God who cannot lie. Do you know who Jesus Christ is? Jesus Christ is the truth. Um, I was walking yesterday, as you can probably tell, because I caught the sun. And I, I was walking in some uh, moorland in Mid Wales, and I had a map. I had a map. And it showed on this map a forest, Forestry Commission forest. Have you ever found yourself getting lost around Forestry Commission forest because because the map says there's a path in the forest and there isn't a path where the map says there's a path. Because the forestry people keep on planting new trees everywhere. And the map wasn't trustworthy. I couldn't take the map at face value. Listen, this is the map to get to heaven. And I want to tell you, it can be trusted implicitly. That... Do you, do you trust God? Um, we sang a hymn, I think, last Sunday. It says this, Though poor and needy, I can trust my Lord. Can you? I can trust him. Though weak and sinful, I believe his word. He that believes in the Son, says he, has everlasting life. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is risen, we can be risen in him. And all we do is trust, trust. Um, I was reading um, in a history book about the Napoleonic Wars in the 19th century and there was the Peninsula War and Wellington was fighting against the enemy, the Duke of Wellington. You've all heard of the Duke of Wellington, I'm sure. And they wanted to send a visible signal about the Duke of Wellington's victory. And so this signal went out. Wellington defeated. And then there came some fog. And they couldn't see what came after. All the, <laughs> the, the British could see was Wellington defeated. And their hearts sank. 
And then the fog cleared. And they saw what came after. Wellington defeated the enemy. (laughs) Isn't there a fog sometimes? I find in the West there's a spiritual fog. Jesus' word is true. He has defeated the enemy. He is true. But there's a fog, isn't there? There's a fog. Oh, my friends, I just want to say to you, it's true. It's good news because it's true. I took a friend once up Moyle Hebog, the mountain by Bay the and we were enveloped in fog. And I said to my friend, you've got to believe me here now, right? I said to him, if you look that way, you can see Snowdon. It's true. I'm not lying. And if you look that way, you can even see the Wicklow Mountains in Ireland. We, we, we couldn't see our hands. But the fog didn't make it untrue. When we got down the mountain, the fog suddenly lifted. It always happens, doesn't it? So this is good news because it's true. It's true. Jesus is trustworthy. If you are cynical with the world, oh, trust Jesus Christ. Trust Jesus Christ. Then my second point is this. This news is good because Jesus is alive. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord. What what do I mean when I say Jesus is alive? I mean this. Jesus is as alive today as you and I are. And more so. Because he hasn't got our kind of body now. He hasn't got the body he had when he was here on earth. He had a frail human body when he was here on earth. He's now got a resurrected body. He's now got a body that can walk through walls. He's now got a body that can live forever, a body that will never get ill, a body that will never age, a body, I think, that can do things that our bodies can't do. And if you're in Christ, you will have that body one day. But I'm not preaching on that this morning. All I want to say is there's a man in heaven at this very moment who is alive. He's not just a man, as you know, he's God as well. The Son of God become man. He's alive. Isn't that amazing? He's alive. I used to have a hobby. I can't indulge in this hobby now because they're all shut apart from ours and a few others. I used to go around all the Christian bookshops in the country. Have any of you done that? And I used to visit a Christian bookshop in Birmingham. And it was next to Cars Lane Church, and I think I've got it right, that in the 19th century there was a pastor in that church called Dale. Some of you may have heard of Dr. Robert Dale, a congregational pastor. And one day he suddenly realised Jesus is alive. Have you ever realised that? He's alive. Now this is what Dale said. I think he was in his study. And he said... Christ is alive, 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 alive. Can that really be true? Living as really as I myself am. And he got up from his desk and he walked around his study. It must have been a big study. I said, Christ is living, Christ is living. And do you know what he said? I want my people to get hold of this glorious truth that Christ is alive and to rejoice over it. And I want to call Sunday something else now, Resurrection Day. Did Dale coin that phrase, I wonder? Resurrection Day. And every Sunday he got his congregation to sing an Easter hymn. Imagine that, every Sunday, because Jesus is alive. Just the wonder that he's alive. 
Now, I had an experience a few weeks ago, not quite what Dale had, which just brought this home to me. Some of you have heard of this. I was in Bible college 25 years ago, and I got very close to two Burmese students. Well, they were not Burmese, they were Chin, but they were from Myanmar, Burma. And their names were Swan and Twan. Swan and Twan, good names. And we lost contact over the years. And then a few weeks ago, I had an email from a pastor in this country. In our church office, the email arrived, and it said, urgent. Uh, I had to contact him because he had news, important news about Tuan. Now, when I knew Tuan, he had TB. And when I received this email, I thought, oh, no, it's bad news. He's dead. So I didn't get in touch. I didn't want to hear that he was dead. And when I went to the conference, the Banner of Truth conference, I saw other people I was in Bible college with, and I didn't want to meet them in case they said to me, have you heard about Tuan? Have you heard he's dead? He's only about my age. So in the lunch queue on the Tuesday in the conference, you can imagine my utter shock when I heard a voice from behind saying, Brother Vin, Brother Vin. It was Tuan. And you know what I said to him? I thought you were dead. (laughs) I said, that's right. I thought you were dead. But you're alive. And every mealtime for the rest of the conference, I sat with Tuan. And you know how I introduced him to people? I said, I thought he was dead. This is Tuan. We were in Bible college together. I thought he was dead. But he's alive. And even he's invited me to go to Myanmar. I couldn't help but tell everybody, he's alive. Oh, don't we need to have that realization about Jesus Christ? These disciples thought he was dead, and he was dead. That's the thing with Jesus Christ. He had died, but he's alive. Can I say with all reverence, if he's alive, who cares? about other things. You know, in Wales sometimes, we ministers, we moan about the state of things. We say, oh, we haven't got a revival. Oh, we can't rejoice. Can I say, who cares? He's alive. He's alive. But pastor, I've got all sorts of problems in my life. You you don't understand the things I'm having to face. I don't want to say who cares. But what are our problems in comparison to this glorious fact? He's alive. He's alive. Oh, may it dawn on us that this is good news because he's alive. Um, Our organist, Brian, he reminds me every Easter Sunday, if we can't rejoice on Easter Sunday, when can we rejoice? That's true, isn't it? He's alive, brothers and sisters. If you're not a Christian this morning and if you're afraid of death, I want to tell you about one who has conquered death. He's alive. He's alive to save you if you will but call on him. He's alive. And then one last point. This is good news. Well, before I mention my last point, um, one of my favorite hymns, which is not in our hymn book, and it catches the mood of uh, Dale and myself when I rediscovered that Tuan was alive. 
is this hymn, I serve a risen Saviour. He's alive. He's in the world today. Even in a day of small things. I know that he is living. Whatever men may say, isn't there a difference between knowing that Jesus is alive from personal experience than just from apologetic arguments? You see, somebody could have explained to me that Tuan hadn't died, that he was alive, and that would have helped. But oh, the difference when you see the person yourself, and it's a bit like that with Jesus Christ. I know that he's living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him. He's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. Praise God. He's alive. He's alive. And one last point. This is good news because it's proof that Jesus' death on the cross was victorious. Uh, the resurrection is glorious, but in a way, it's not that great a miracle, is it? If Jesus is the Son of God, it makes sense that God can raise himself from the dead, doesn't it? In some senses, the incarnation of Jesus was a greater miracle, God becoming a man. And the resurrection means nothing without the crucifixion. And that's what's so good about Jesus rising from the dead. It's living proof that what Jesus accomplished on the cross was victory. Victory. Uh, one of the most powerful speakers in the conference I went to was Lindsay Brown. Have any of you heard Lindsay Brown? Uh, he was my landlord once when I lived in Cardiff, Lindsay Brown. And he spoke about his wife, Anne Brown, who was in a religious discussion with somebody, a feminist. And this feminist wasn't giving Anne an opportunity to answer. She was just going for her, going for the jugular. And once this feminist held her breath, Anne came in. <laughs> and this is what Anne said. I'll never forget this. She said to this feminist, if there is a God, and if you wanted this God to do one thing for you, what would it be? And immediately this lady said, I would want him to leave his high throne in heaven, come down himself into this world and sort the mess we're in. And then it suddenly dawned on her that she just said the gospel. <laughs> what a brilliant summary of what Jesus Christ did in dying on the cross. God came down from the courts of heaven. He became one of us. And he sorted out the mess we're in. You know, Brexit isn't the mess we're in. The mess we're in is much, much worse than that. The mess we're in is our sin. This horrible rebellion against God. And God would be just to say to us, you've rejected me. I have every right to turn my back on you and to let you stew in the mess you're in. But praise be to his name, he didn't do that. He didn't just appoint somebody and send them to sort it out. He came himself. Jesus is God, the God-man, the second person of the Trinity. And he came to die on the cross. And do you know what he did on the cross? He took upon himself the mess 
uh, one of the confessions says he descended into hell. What it means by that is this. On the cross, Jesus took your hell and mine. He took the punishment for our sins. And that's why you got death in the world. The soul that sins shall surely die. And because Jesus dealt with the punishment for our sins, paying the debt, he broke the bands of death. Praise be to his name. And he rose from the grave. The grave could not contain him because he'd broken the bonds. And that's what the resurrection proves. I, I got these new glasses. They're very focals. So the places I got them from, uh, they gave me a trial period. And there was a two-for-one offer, but they wouldn't give me the other pair until I tried these for a month. So next week, I'm going to go back into the opticians and I'm going to say to them, can you please give me a second pair? And you know how I'm going to prove it? I've kept here in my wallet, if I can find it, the receipt, which proves that I paid for these and a second pair. I don't think I could go in without a receipt, but the receipt is proof, proof. And you know what the resurrection of Jesus Christ is? It's proof that he's paid the debts too great for us with his own blood and that the Father accepts. The Father accepts. Do, do you do contactless payments now? I, I do contactless payments these days. And, oh, it's great to see, isn't it? As soon as your card makes contact with the machine, it says, PIN accepted, PIN accepted. And that's what happens when we trust in Jesus Christ. Not that we are good enough, but because he has done everything that is needed. We're accepted in the beloved. The Father, God the just, is satisfied to look on him and pardon you and me. Wonderful news. I just want to finish by asking you, are you trusting in Jesus then? Alas, these disciples from the other Gospels, we're told they didn't believe Mary at first. They didn't believe. They were slow. May we not be slow this Easter Sunday to say, praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that in me is, because he has been merciful. I don't deserve it. Mary didn't deserve it. Do you know who Mary Magdalene was? Mary Magdalene was the lady with seven demons. And she received mercy. I've received mercy. I didn't deserve one grain. You can receive mercy this morning. What good news we've got. I love Easter Sunday. Because like Mary Magdalene, I can say from personal experience... This is true because it's God's promise. This is good because Jesus is alive. And it's good because he has conquered everything that is against us. We've got lots of funerals, haven't we? We've had funerals. There'll be more funerals. But when a person who's trusting Jesus is laid to rest, it's a glorious occasion. Because they have gone on to their eternal reward. They've been promoted. Or may we all know what it is 
to have this living hope in a living Saviour. For his name's sake. Amen.